river kingdoms, a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevois sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevois seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone. To let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 37. So when last we left us, um, the central priestess was about to impart sinister plot revelations. Uh, yes. Um, so Having... Um, <laughs> Uh, completed the trial. You've completed the test of between. You have completed the test of above. Yes. You have moved up to, um... Members of the Central Tribe. Yep. Which is awesome. What are you trust score-wise with them now? Um, I believe it's the first positive one, Light. Yep. Uh, where's my Central bit of paper? Uh, 28 relationship. Yep, you are Light. Yep. Not by, you know, certain centaurs, but by the central tribe as a whole. But even certain centaurs seem much more inclined to try and murder us and make it look like an act, less, less inclined to murder us and make it look like an accident than they were previously. Mm-hmm. Now they're settling for glowering in our general direction, which is a considerable improvement. And we, we'd literally just left at that point, didn't we? Yeah, because you, you said that the, um, the essentials priestess's sinister plot revelations were a bit too complicated to um well I think you'd probably rather have the info dump at the start yeah um, yeah the info dump at the end um and so she welcomes you into the tribe um and she says I am sure I am sure that you would speak to me that you would speak with me of our enemy I'd be glad to. It has been a long time since any of the tribe have spoken of it. It has been beyond our histories to speak of it to any outsiders, and she sort of looks at you kind of hesitantly, and there's still this barrier there. I mean, technically you are now... um, Warriors of the tribe, but it's kind you're of, obviously not a centaur. Yeah, it's kind of a ceremonial thing, yeah, and, and, and you their know, ancient how, prescriptions are to, simply not set up to cope with the conception of non-centaurs joining the tribe. And it's um, you know, 
however warm the relationship we've managed to forge in this short period of time, it has been a short period of time. Whereas they um, have got literally millennia of not liking humans. I can speak to you of this, but only if Mother, only if Mother Moon does not object. Spend the night, and we will see what we see. Brain has shut down completely since last playing this. Um, what's her name that she's talking to? Angry Centaur. Denise. Denise. She. Thank you. She looks up at Denise. Let the others. Let the rest. Let the those who are let those who are about know that tonight we'll have a ritual of the watch. Denise frowns, nods, goes out to do so. She says, "I will speak with you on this matter further after." And you go off about your business for the yep. rest of the afternoon. Um, and you will see basically around the camp, um, people are getting things ready. Um, they are forming what is, oh, you, know, you wouldn't have to be trained in magic in the slightest to recognize that they're doing some sort of religious or arcane ceremony. Um, they're getting a bunch of fresh hewn branches from trees and making effectively this giant um, th- crude circle out of it. It's by no means, stretch of the imagination, a precise circle. <coughs> um, and you actually have Tristan with you, don't you? Yes. So he's no doubt talking about the religiosity of it all. Yes. This is this is interesting. Look look here, and he sort of takes you up to a higher place where you can see what they're building and points at things in the circle and that to you. And he says, You see the circles? They're representations of the barriers between dimensions. Each one more con- each each one slightly more convoluted than the last. The whole of the outer is the, the whole of the outer is Galorian, the giant outer circle. Of course, they'll, they'll want to do it at night because what's around us will be the symbolic dark. Uh, and there we have the barrier, and he starts pointing to various insignias they're making. Um, he says, and there, that would be the barrier to the first world, where the centaur tribes are supposed to have come from originally, long back in the days when they were uh, less human and more fae. He says in a more quiet voice, the centaurs probably wouldn't want to hear they're more human now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a ritual about their journey, where they've come from, where they're going, their purpose here. Uh, they, they see, you'll see the one up in the corner as their mother moon, and no doubt they're going to uh, speak to the moon and, and hope it talks back to them. Which it might, but nonetheless. I'm sure the advice will be cryptic and useless as always. <laughs> as opposed to the advice of the Fae, which tends towards the clear and direct. <laughs> ah, but you see, the Fae have the, the Fae are not supposedly omnipotent. Well, except the Fae lords and ladies, the three of them were, of course, but uh, no longer are. Uh, 
And then he starts prattling on at length about this. Yeah. And you can listen to him or discontinue yourself as you prefer. Yeah. Um, I think I'll let him talk, but after a while, um, we will, I, I will want to go help the tribe. Not necessarily with this, because this looks pretty private. Yeah. But I presume there's sensible things that are going on that'll, you know, because they have to be Yeah, and actually on. several of their duties are being abandoned to do this. Yep, so I can do, because while I'm in the tribe, I want to be helping the tribe out, whether yep. I'm yep. doing a, like, seven days visit or just staying yep. overnight. And, and the impression you take away from their manner and what they're putting together here is um, this is like a vaguely uncommon ceremony, but it's by no means unprecedented. They all know exactly what they're doing. There's no sense of real hurry or urgency. Yeah. Your guess is this is the kind of thing they do, you know, maybe every bi-monthly, four times a year, something in that neighborhood. Sweet. Okay. And night falls. Um, and... You will see Akora and Deneed both come out um, of their tents where they've been gathering. And she is dressed in what is obviously symbolic representations of peace. She is dressed in a very white gown, um, has sort of a white headband holding a va- holding a white veil over her head. Um, she comes with offerings in her hands of what are not flowers, but look like oaken branches and clearly seem to represent the same purpose. Uh, and Deneed is coming behind her dressed symbolically for war. She has come out in full armour, her weapons are out and at hand, you know, ready to wield at any given point. Um, and the two of them come out, and Akora stands on the outside of the circle and walks slowly all the way around it clockwise, and Deneed goes slowly all the way around it counterclockwise. As they reach each other, neither one lets the other pass, and they both stand there, and Akora says something to her, and then they actually start speaking in Sylvan, um, which is not their their common tongue is Elven. Right. I thought their common tongue was Sylvan. Uh, is it? Well, I, my apologies. Uh, no, I don't, I don't know, sweetie, I just... I, I've been, you know, we've been, I think possibly they speak, that's right, they speak a bit of both, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, because there have been times when they've spoken in Sylvan and I've yeah. understood, and there's been times when Bryn had to translate for me and stuff. And many of the um, more prominent members speak Teldane, mm. which solves your problem entirely. Mm. Uh, here, however, they start speaking in, Sil- in Sylvan, and in proper old Sylvan, there's no hodgepodge of Elven in there. Yeah. It's not actually... It's the equivalent of them doing it in Latin. Yeah, so it's not necessarily... I don't understand all of it because it's like old Sylvan. Yeah. No, Kate Kalen will understand it because this is proper Sylvan, which is what Kalen actually speaks. Yeah. Um, But a large number of the members of the tribe actually don't understand what they're saying. Yeah. They obviously... They presumably understand what the ritual is about. Yeah. Um, And... Akora walks up to Deneed, sort of offers her the oaken branches and kneels slightly forward in submission and says to her, We come we come before you, we come before you in peace, servant of Mother Moon. And Deneed looks at her and actually takes a swing at her with her sword 
and none of the centaur tribe react to this yeah. as if anything unusual is happening. And she pulls the blow at the last second and basically just slashes her lightly across the cheek, but hard enough to make her wince and draw blood. And if you come to offer peace, then you should come prepared for war. Under the moon and stars, I welcome you with lesson and warning. Mm-hmm. And Akora hands her the branches, she hands her weapons over to Akora, and the two of them go past each other and complete their circle and meet on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and Akora then sort of kneels forward slightly, brings her arms up to the moon, and begins to pray to the moon and Sylvan. And she speaks about her people's ancient ho- ancient herds whose hooves shook the land like thunder, splitting apart from the worlds they walked of the forgotten flowers, the worlds where the moon did not speak to them, the worlds where there was the cold, the summer, and the wild, and she speaks of the first world, of course. And then she speaks of them coming to this land, and though they have left their old world behind... They have come to this new land to be free of that, to be free of that which followed them from their old land, to be free of the darkness around them, that which came, that which would keep them small. And as she does this, the crowd of centaurs repeats certain words back to her in Sylvan. Um, be, you know, we must beware those who would keep us small, and beware those who would keep us small. They all go back in Sylvan, and they've obviously learned it as ritualized yeah. charms. Um, says we are here, though we are here and far, though we are here and now far greater than what we were, thanks to the sacrifices of those who came before us, those who stood aside that we might flourish. Thanks to the guidance of Mother Moon still watching over our people from afar in the night. Here we fulfill our part of the bargain. Here we run free. Here we ride. But here we watch. How shall we watch the evil in these lands? Ever watchful! How shall we stand against the evil in this land? Ever vigilant! How shall we stand against all who would drive us from our right for all who would drive us from our rightful watch post? Ever in war <laughs> they come back. Um, she says, Here we are, centaurs of the Norman Heights, watchers of the forgotten time. Here we are. Boom, ever watchful goes up from everyone. And then everybody seems to sort of deflate slightly in the ritual aspect, stops. Um, and they set fire to all of the branches and burn all the respective little circles and all that sort of thing. And so she actually said the watches of the forgotten time. Yes. Excellent. And she raises her hands, um, to sort of encompass everyone at this point and looks to the moon and she says Mother Moon be with us in these dark times and old evil is walking this land two warriors of our herd 
and she looks to you and Tristan and does this. We come forward. Have heard its have heard its name. Speak it now. Mordecai growls, Caleb. And most of the centaurs sort of just go sort of with this, and a couple of them go, but like a cut, like less than about half a dozen centaurs in here are in on the secret, and the rest of them are just generally aware they're supposed to be watchful. Fear the time has come when we must act. When Mother Moon commanded us to sweep forward with our vast armies in Dunedin. <laughs> I'll hide at this. And drive the evil that would rise from its grave from this land. <laughs> and whatever our present circumstances, we will do whatever we can to achieve this. <laughs> like, you know, they've got an army here, but they've got an army. Yeah. And if it's destroyed, the tribe will be destroyed yeah, as well. A, they haven't got a vast empire or yeah. anything. And they haven't got a strong, flourishing tribe with plenty of uh, with plenty of warriors to spare. Whatever happens, we will be ever watchful. And if the time has truly come, then we will act. Be with us, Mother. Under the light of your ever-watching moon. And she raises her hand from the sky and sort of blocks the moon out from her view and everyone else does the same and then the ceremony seems to break up a bit and everybody goes off and sort of sits down well, stands around fires and eats and that sort of thing Yeah. and I see few signs I see few signs from the moon tonight whether it is time to speak of this or not Nonetheless, I am the priestess of peace. We are the watchers of the forgotten time. And I believe you should hear this. Come with me, please. Dick, 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 off into her tent. Denied comes with, unsurprisingly. Um, she says, What you've seen, what, what you saw tonight was a ritual of our people. To remind us where we have come from, why we are here, and where we where we are going. Uh, I'm sorry, you wouldn't under, have understood much of it. <laughs> and you and Tristan, of course, both speak perfect Sylvan, probably. Tristan, in Tristan's case, probably better than her. <laughs> I think I think I followed some, yeah. Um, you're the Watchers of Forgotten Time. That is a title, the role of our herd here. The forgotten time is where we came from at first, before this world, in the dark times, before Mother Moon changed her nature to shine brightly down upon us, rather than walking among us. And Tristan, of course... Ah, you're talking about the forgotten time, the era of the first world and the fatal lords and ladies, yes? Uh, then then they chose to elect to step down from their place. The other, and starts blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. 
and she just stares at him because of course she doesn't know three quarters of what he's talking about yeah because she's got her own completely disparate tradition it's enough that the two stories kind of match up as soon as you have Mother Moon Desna and Mab are all the same person yeah sort of um but yeah I think it's time to let um let the priestess speak Tristram uh, no, uh, she'd be fascinated to hear uh, our version at the later time. When when the old ones stepped aside, sorry, not the old ones, they're the other guys. Yeah. Um, when the Lord and Lady stepped aside, they made a way for us here, a new world where we could flourish, where the darkness would be sealed forever beyond us. It is an imperfect world. Parts of darkness bleed through, and freedom brings its own problems. Our task here was out... Sorry, our, um, our gift here was to flourish and thrive in these lands... But our task was to keep watch. Well, those who were far more... The, the, the beings from the outer dark that were far more than mortal are now barred beyond countless passages and portals. The gods do not stop their servitors from walking the earth where they can. They could not remove them without removing us from the field as well. This, what I'm explaining to you is an ancient oral tradition of our people passed down from priestess of peace to priestess of war to priestess of peace and the like. I truly do not know how much of it has been lost over time. But we know the name Vordecai. It is the name of our old enemy, although... Our tales have long since it's forgotten to tell us what he is, although we know where he can be found. And she describes an area of land, which of course you already know about. Yes, but Tom, I'd be happy, you know, the thing is, I just know which hex it's in, I don't know anything about the land itself. Yeah. Um... She says, this, this Vordekai is an eternal warlord from the time of our mother tribes. He is supposed to have slumbered in these lands forever, but there was always a possibility that some aspect, some portal of the outer dark here would be touched, weakened, a finger stretching out to stir him from his slumber. I wish I knew more. But we know where he is supposed to dwell below us in the area of X blah 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 on a small island that is described as being there and not there. No centaur can ride through it until they ride to it until they see it clearly. That is why we were tasked to watch over the watching stone 
of the forgotten time, that which would illuminate the island. Uh, and she tells you this one is in hex. Uh, that is D8. Ooh. And she tells you exactly where it is, too. Yeah. Could I have a pencil, please? Mm-hmm. Can I do it? So that... Okay, um, we're in D8. Uh, on the... Just east of centre. Stone is an old thing given to us, and given to us from the times of the mother tribes, designed to illuminate Vordekai's Isle so that it can be seen and walked in the flesh. It is a responsibility we have protected for some time. Until our recent failures. That was not our fault. The humans were responsible, says the native. Nonetheless, the stone is forbidden to us until the right time has come. Yet, I have not seen it for myself recently, but I suspect you'll find it is no longer all there. Zemek declared that as she was rightful queen of these lands, her, ex- her rulership would extend well beyond... Yeah, Zemek being the previous yes. queen the centre was. Um, the crazy one. As our tribe's armies were beaten back, she feared that Van would... That Van... That King Thorn would, uh, would strike the Eternal Stone, seek to claim its power his own a foolish thought you would not have known of it we do not speak of it to outsiders but I suspect that she has removed it as was her right she did not have me accompany her on this journey and she sort of looks up at Deneed Deneed just looks back at her and Akora, they, they have this little staring contest then Akora please speak to us of this <sighs> Zemek feared that Van would seize the stone use its power to unleash a Vordekai upon us a rightful fear, I'm sure if he had known of the option he would not have hesitated to do so she broke it in twain took a part of it and concealed it so that it could not be used in that fashion. I think it was a wise precaution. Awkward pause. Yeah, uh, no, Kalen is going to... Um, I, um... know of um, Thorn a bit better than you. I spent a year in his, his, his house a few years back. 
I know that you warred with him, and I know he did a great deal of damage to your ability to guard these lands. But he is fundamentally a man of honour. He wouldn't have used such a thing or allied with Vordekai, and I think you can see what Vordekai, through what Vordekai's done to him and his, that they are not allies. No doubt it was him that unleashed this creature upon the land in the first place. Well, as to that, no one, warned, no one who might have been down here guarding such a thing for hundreds of years wanted not to, as I understand it. And Akora winces at this one. I can see why you've always been unhappy about humans trespassing on these lands, and I can see that they are yours and that your ancient guardianship should not have been disrupted, but... Speaking as a parent representative, an apparent representative of the humans, I'm aware that people just started poking around down here without ever asking you if you had good reason. But I'm not certain shooting them, uh, 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 shooting all of them, was the most constructive way to advise them to head off. I realise there's a lot of blood on both sides. And I'm not saying that every human would have just listened had you told them. But Vaughn didn't know what he was stepping into when he came down here. He had no way to. And whatever else is the truth of things, I'm not convinced Zemek was the most diplomatic centralist could possibly have been in charge of your tribe at the time. No doubt she had her reasons. And I'm not saying there's no fault on Vaughn's side. She it's was a great warrior. I'm sure she was. But there's more to being a leader than just being a warrior. I think we've both, both sides of this have made some mistakes along the way. And it's put us in a predicament where we're both in dire peril now. Your tribe is weakened. Van's people are effectively destroyed unless they can be saved. And my own kingdom stands next in the path. Vortican has made it quite clear he'll be coming after us as soon as he can. And I don't doubt you were on his list as well. He'd be foolish to neglect you, what with your history of opposing him. It seems to me that it's in everyone's best interest if we work together against this threat. This division between our peoples has left both of us vulnerable more vulnerable to an enemy that opposes us both. And Deneed almost seems to smile slightly at this. And Horus is to, he speaks wisdom. Deneed, where is what is missing of the stone? Deneed says he speaks wisdom indeed. It is your right to tell them of our secrets if you wish. I cannot stop you. But you are speaking of handing over weapons, and you are speaking of enemies, and those are matters of war, and in my purview alone. I will not stop you searching for it, but nor will I aid you. And she turns and just marches out of the tent. And Akora sort of raises a hand to stop her. And, and then Kaelin will Kaelin will shake his head. She is with well within her rights. I, you've um. I appreciate what you've done for us here, but you've you've pushed it far. 
she's done well to obey you this far, knowing what um, feeling as she does on the matter. I think even now you do not truly understand. Wouldn't be the first time. This is... If this is truly the time when the ancient, when our ancient foe rises again, then there are only two outcomes that can occur here. Either we will all die fighting him, and the Norman Heights centaurs will be no more, or we will triumph, and our purpose is gone. What are we then? We have a thousand year, thousands of years of history bringing us to this point, and nothing but darkness in the future. Whether we win or lose, it is the end of who and what we are. What we will become next is a terrifying concept, possibly even more terrifying to a warrior like Deneed than embracing death with a sword in her hand. In the fu- if, if we create a future where we do not have to watch for this threat anymore, what will become of us? That is what terrifies those who know of my people, amongst my people. I can understand that a little, I think, but... I am a practical man. After you've watched for this threat for hundreds of years, after you've watched out for this threat for thousands of years, is it not time to defeat it? Would your people not do better to be freed of their long burden? For myself, I quite agree with you. But I'm uncertain what to do next. We, You are welcome to go examine Vortai's Island for yourself, if you wish. I have been there several times. There is nothing but a river, large and empty. Hey, what is there can be seen through the Watcher's Stone, but I have never, for obvious reasons, set foot upon it using its power. And if the stone is lost to us, then the island itself, well, not only may as well, but is well beyond our reach. Well, I think the first thing is, you've told me all that you know of Vordekai, but uh, he told me something of himself when we had our somewhat tense conversation. And... um, as you've um, heard, Lord Tristram is something of a scholar in many fields and has been able to find out some about Vordekai. If it's well with you, we would tell you what we know of him. Please, speak. Uh, encourage Tristram to give his Tristram. very long Vordekai brief. But uh, Tristram, if you can keep it inside the hour, the, the, uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, after all, Okora right. um, already knows, knows plenty of the First World, which is where you... You started off the briefing when you yeah. gave it to us. There's this, there's this little mutter under his breath that might be something along the lines of, you know, we had to sit through her three-hour religious ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, 
for brevity's sake, let us assume you know something of the Forgotten Time, although I can fill in a few small elements for you. And, and blah, 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 blah. And then he's a lich, blah, 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 blah. Bludgeoning, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Where did you come by all this knowledge, Claude Tristram? Oh, uh, some of it from books. Some of it from, uh, uh, just just around. <laughs> Some of it from knowing a forgotten time. Oh, you can actually make a sense more of shit. Yes, just because I didn't ask where he got all this knowledge. And now that we come to it, it is a good question. Uh, that would be a 20. Ah, you actually beat him on that, <laughs> although not by overly high. Mm-hmm. Um, I rolled well. It, it is not the it is not the Queen of Well, your guess is that it's not the Queen of Forgotten Time because he seems kind of troubled by this, albeit he's trying to hide this where he got some of this information from. Um, and whenever he's spoken of her, it's been in very much glowing. It, it, it glowing he wouldn't term. be weighed out if it was her. No, if she had told him, "Hey, here's what we need to know. You need to know about Mordecai." He'd have gone, "Sweet, yeah. you know, it's come from a reliable source." Yeah. That, in all fairness, he probably wouldn't tell a Cora about. Yeah, yeah. But no, so, something about where he has obtained this, some of his information is troubling him. Okay, I'll have a conversation with him about that privately. Um, and yes, Akora will listen to all this, actually ask him several intelligent questions. Yeah. And there's a lengthy info dump again. Yeah. Alright, and... Oh. And then the... Um, she was asking what to do, what we did next. Yeah. Um, my suggestion was for starters, let us tell you, uh, you yeah. what we know about Vordekai, because our information seems a trifle more expensive, which isn't very surprising, because... You know, they're going off in an oral tradition that's thousands of years old. Um, and then, um, as to what we do, we search, for, I think, we search for the stone on our own. We keep building our resources. You keep your people together and watchful. And I think maybe I should talk to the need. I haven't made much push to um, bring her around because um, it seemed like... Um, you were having enough trouble holding her without um, me going and stirring her up, but uh, it may be as it's it's time we address this man to centaur, as it were. But um, uh, there's one other thing I would like to know, and that's um, about this uh, other this um, thing everyone seems very enthusiastic about the third test. You mentioned you'd tell us more of it when we'd done the other two. The test of below. Ah. And she smiles at this. You're speaking of the of the Kankarata run. I have to admit, I'm very curious. Everyone seems so enthusiastic about it. Kankarata? Yes. But slightly, Kankarata. slightly intimidated if they keep getting harder, because that mountain was no joke, and I realise it's harder for centaurs, but it was no joke even for, it was no joke even for half-orcs, I can tell you. If if you choose to participate in the run, and by no means by no means do you have to, uh, I would not I would not expect to win. Ha! 
uh, to compete alone is is enough to uh, be, is, is enough to be seen as one of the greater warriors of our tribe. Uh, the Kankarata run is, is uh, she actually cheers up a bit and gets very excited. Yeah. She says it's, it's a great event of excitement among our people. Uh, we excuse me. <coughs> she says. We race through the blood furrows. Uh, it, it is a series of caves, a uh, moderate distance from here, uh, and confront ourselves with Kakarata. And of course, you stare blankly at her. And it's it's not a word in Sylvan. Yeah. Oh, actually, no. It is a word in Sylvan. Uh, it means spirit of the earth. I still stare blankly at her. Yeah. Um. She says, oh, Kankarata is one of the ancient spirits that Mother Moon has sent to, gu- has sent to watch over this land. Uh, you have seen the Black Rock of Talon Peak? That, that is the Guardian of Air. The Mastodons, the Mastodons that walk the plains are the Guardians of Between. Tristan just <laughs> flashed palms in the background. Yes, yes. Yeah, he mouths to you. Yeah. Tristram didn't see that rock deliberately not dismembering us, however. Um, Kankarata is... Uh, I, I do not know what manner of creature he is. Well, why don't you describe him for those of us who do know? <laughs> and she describes some sort of enormous armoured tunnelling beast... Yeah. Uh, it sounds like something you have actually um, seen before somewhere in your visions. Ooh. The nightmare, the earth cracks beneath you as a nightmare of armor and teeth bit. Oh, lovely! <laughs> yeah, she describes that. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, you mean a land shark? Uh, a bullet? They're. Wait, I know what. Aren't those, like, hideously dangerous? Aren't those hideously dangerous? Oh, I mean, not obscenely, although, how large do you say it was again? Uh, we have seen it devour, you know, something. Oh, well, that that might be a little more problematic. We're talking about one the size of that. We're talking about something like the size of that Albert that ate the town, right? Uh, no, actually, it's not that bad. Huh? That's cool. That means I know what's going on with every single one of these, or at least I'm pretty confident I know what's going on with that Vorticai thing. I'm pretty confident that that figure sitting on the throne is totally Mordecai. Mm-hmm. That, and I know what Van Thorn getting captured is, and I know what Denis yelling at me is, and I know that no men thing. Yep. Uh, so that is a bullet, a land shark. Yep. It is basically a heavily armoured, Tristan describes it, a heavily armoured burrowing beast that lurches out of the ground, devours things, and lurches back into the ground. Yep. Um, he thinks that you could pretty easily take on an all bullet. Yeah. Uh, this one, however, is gargantuan. Yeah. It's definitely not um, the size of that enormous mutant owlbear, but it's the size of a huge big dragon or something. Yeah. 
Um, it would create little earthquakes when it when it travels, depending on um, how deep beneath the earth it is and that sort of thing. But the conception here is that you know it's not going to kill us because it's part of the test. Caitlin says in a hopeful and slightly nervous tone of voice. And, and she sort of looks at you for a moment with this "What are you, an idiot?" look, and then schools it off her yeah. face. She says, no, the, uh, well, the, the intent is not to combat Kakarata. And few people have, few people actually die during the run. Always a comfort. <laughs> few, says Tristan, practically an insignificant event. <laughs> um, and she begins to describe the Kakarata run, which is basically, um, if she can find sufficient people that claim that they are ready for this test, uh, she needs new applicants for it, which would be you guys, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then anyone else who wants to throw their hat in can, can elect to compete as well. And if they get enough of them, which she guarantees will happen as soon as she calls for a run... Yeah, a whole bunch of people will be like, sweet, I'm in. Yeah. Um, she says, I, I can assure you, Deneed at least will run... Uh, uh, my daughter, Zamanth, will quite certainly run, whether it is wise or not. <laughs> and I can think of at least half a dozen others in, tr- in my tribe who would stand up for this. And she basically describes this sort of... It is literally a race through this gigantic series of caverns. Um, you basically end up running through, facing a series of uh, obstacles in the caverns, which she won't speak directly of, because that's sort of part of the point, but presumably physically things. Um, you need to leave a series of bloody handprints to mark a series of sacred stones through the cavern. And Kankarata, who apparently just knows when the run is happening because he always shows up when it happens, always, um, pops up and attacks people at random as they go through it. And hardly any of them die. Very little. Like, he doesn't pop up and fight them until yeah. they're dead. It's the pop-in, rug, pop-out. So it's going to be like the rock thing? The rock wasn't trying to kill us. Very but, much so. But it's... it wasn't capable of not not critting us on purpose Co- either. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So it's like that, but you're doing it with a bunch of people, and it's actually a race. That sounds amazing in a terrifying, potentially lethal kind of way. That has always been the attraction. <laughs> It actually sounds like something I would very much like to try. So, um, you were saying that, um, merely competing is a... Uh, sorry, um, not, not merely competing, completing. Right. So you don't need to win the run, but you need need to to finish it. To finish it. And those who do are considered champions of the tribe? Those who do are considered to be the elite of our warriors. The strongest, those first selected in the vanguard of any offense. Uh, they are, and, and she will actually suppress a slight snicker at this. Uh, the close, the close associates and uh, noble warriors who go into battle with the priestess of war. Well, I'm sure that'll just thrill certain individuals. Uh, effectively, you you become, if not quite her equal, essentially a member of her elite guard yeah. by doing this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is for completing the run. 
you you have the option at any point to just walk away, apparently. Yeah. And several people give up, decide they can't do it, and stop running. Yeah. But that sounds like the sissy approach. Yeah, well, the thing is, you're a, a crap load harder than any one of their random cent- cent- uh, centaurs. Yeah, but... What you are is slower than them, however. Yes, that's quite true. And she won't budge... Significantly slower. That's why merely completing it is a good thing. And she won't budge on this point. You need to run. Yeah. You can't ride. Yeah. No, that's right. The, um... It's a, it is a foot race. Because she'll, she'll actually sort of think of this as she's saying it. And, and of course, you could not take one of your uh, horses. This is Doesn't a contest sound... of fleetness of foot, uh... In which you're slightly disadvantaged. I well, I, I can take it off. He says, donking himself in the shoulder and go, yeah. going clang, clang, yeah. clang. At which point you're still slower than a centaur. Oh, of course I'm slower than a centaur, but I'm not as. Brynn, slow. however, is faster than a centaur. Yes, yes. Well, I have to admit, she did leap. She did leap to kind of leap to mind when I thought about doing this. Although there's no denying, um, you know, she'd probably feel compelled to wait for me, which would thwart her ability to just beat everyone. So. Uh, Akora will basically tell you if at any point you elect to you you elect to call for a run, uh, she will freely accept that you have the right to do so. Uh, she will need to send word out to all her people and all this sort of thing. So this is basically tell the GM in advance next month we're doing the run. Cool, and then it will happen. Yep. The um, it sounds like something I would very much like to be a part of uh, of leaving us and. Honestly, leaving aside any tactical considerations, it just sounds like something I'd really like to try. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole scene there, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but um, I um could use a bit of time to um gather myself in any case, and I think um so could your people. But um, I will likely be back and exercise that right at some point. For tonight, I think um, I'll leave things be and um, try speaking to Need, and if I may, in the morning. I'll endeavour not to encourage her into stabbing me. Mm-hmm. She seems very disciplined in that regard. And yep, yep and um, well, just um, I'm just thinking how to word it all. The um, it means a lot to me what you've done. Being prepared to give me a chance to uh, give me a chance, give us a chance, despite all your previous bad history. I'm very sorry that what's happened between our peoples has jeopardised your protection of this land so much. It's. I don't think centaurs historically have been entirely blameless on this, but I do wish my own people had considered the possibility that you might be doing something important down here before, or they just kind of decided to wander on in and try and take the land off you. Even now, I, I cannot say whether this was the path of the most wisdom. As you say, if others had been... Oh, if you're, if the two legs had been aware of the, ki- of the secrets we held, perhaps we could have worked together to maintain and watch over the land. But equally... Perhaps one of them would have sought to corrupt the power for their own. I understand that there are those amongst the two leagues who are willing to touch even the outer dark. 
said, I... source power from and, and we see the flashback to Billy Disco going yeah. Like, I... yeah that that happened I, I um, from my own knowledge of Varn I think he, I am certain he wouldn't have called upon Vordabkai at any, any point and I think he would have potentially been able to understand and respect what you're doing here I certainly wouldn't go so far as to say that any of the nobles of Brevoy yep. you could care to name would have respect, been at, lived up to that standard over yeah, the centuries, yeah. though. Or even does Varn actually um, have enough control over all of his people to say for yeah. a fact it would never happen? The, um, I mean, you wouldn't, but that didn't stop it happening in your kingdom. Yeah. The, um, various humans have done some terrible things over the centuries in quests for power. It's, um, and it's your guardianship. I, it's your responsibility. I do understand that. But I think you've led your... For what it's worth, for, for what my opinion's worth, I think you've led your people well here. And I hope we can justify the trust you've placed in us. And I believe that however you've borne with and however this long destiny of guardianship has shaped you, you people have more potential than just this duty. There was a time when you ran under different stars before you followed Mother Moon. Your people are far more ancient than mine. You were you, were you before you had this duty. You will continue up. You will be able to find a new purpose after it is done. So I believe. We have taken the first steps down your road here. You and I, both of us, towards each other. I hope Mother Moon continues to guide both our footsteps. Twice marked king, that it all ends well. Big hand class. Mm-hmm. And yes, at that point I am done talking to Akora. Yep. And we'll bid her a farewell and, you know, it's kind of late and we'll go get some sleep. Yep, yep. There's basically a a minor feast going on amongst the tribe. And you crash out, have some crash out, morning dawns. Yep. Uh, Incidentally, um, I don't know if I gave you this or not, uh, you are now at actively less chance of having random encounters in the land as centaurs drive things away from you. Oh, cool. Instead of either towards you, uh, it was heavily towards you, lightly towards you, doing nothing for better or worse. Now now they're starting to do things for better. Well, that's nice. Uh, and I will go track down the need. Mm-hmm. You find her with yep. ease. It is, it, she is making no effort to conceal herself. Uh, yeah. Twice marked king. What's her actual title? Is it war leader? Uh, priestess of war. Priestess. priestess of war. It is a religious title. She yeah. is is doing this on behalf of Mother Moon. Whether yeah. or not that actually entail, it involves actual clerical stuff is a different story. Yeah. So, priestess. What may I do for one of our tribe's warriors today? <laughs> like she she says it. It's not su- trying to be sarcastic. It's sort of this grinding, and I wish you would. Yeah.
I can look for the stone on my own, and I will. I wanted to know if there's aught I could do that would convince you to help me find it. This is your purview, and it's your right to make the decision to refuse me. I understand that. And I understand that none of this would have happened if you were in command, but that you followed your leader's dictates faithfully, as any good soldier would. But you don't trust me at all, I don't think. And I get that. There's those I see as enemies. And I would struggle, those I'd struggle to work with. I understand that your anger is not something that you can lightly pass aside. And I don't have a couple of years' time to stick around and demonstrate that I'm not going to turn on you. I don't have years or centuries or however long it would actually take to do this as the subtle way. Nor is subtlety really my strong suit. Thank you. Uh, no, not quite. I'm, I'm looking for a closer. Um, so, I want to know warrior to warrior, because whatever else, I know that if we did come, if it did come to war, you'd give me the hell, the hell of the fight. And you know the same about me. You may not consider me a friend, but you know that I'd be a good enemy, and I know that about you. Warrior to warrior, is there aught that I can do for you? Okay, and uh, can you make me a diplomacy check? Yep. Uh, you are at a plus two bonus to this because you were liked amongst the centaurs, then you're at a plus five bonus to it because you gave them back Skybolt. Awesome. So seven total added to your diplomacy score. Okay, we'll take that. Okay, so that's a plus six is eighteen plus the seven is twenty-five. Uh, sounds good to me. I will just double check the um, diplomacy DCs because they are not part of the encyclopedic knowledge of 3.5 that I keep in my head. Uh, 25, you say? Yep. That will do. Uh, I have seen what you were doing to aid our tribe to become a friend to us. And I believe you are sincere in it, but... No matter what, no matter what we have twisted our ceremonies and rituals to say, you are two legs. You are not a centaur. I know little of your kind, your half-orcs. You are, whether you are more beast than human, 
or more human than beast I do not know the path you are taking is a good one continue down it and I will reconsider my judgement in time uh, literally you need to increase your trust score to get this out of her Yeah. You can't say fairer than that. Thank you. Uh, and can you give me a quick sense motive check? Yes. 18. Okay. Um, she, oh, I'm rolling well on the sense motive today. She, she, what she knows about orcs could probably fit on a postage stamp. Yeah. Um, but the... You've been called a beast before by several people. It's always an insult, because what else would it be? Not in this case. Yeah. That's the compliment. Being human is the insult. Ah. Uh, Her actually calling calling you a beast is not um, inherently a a term of derision. It is... It's it's not quite a compliment, but it's more... um, It's paying respect to your strength and that sort of thing. Sweet, okay. I didn't I certainly hadn't picked that up. Yep. So is that in the context of because she's thinking maybe I'm more like Hagroka liking me for being half orc and not. Yeah, you not are half you are half not human. human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if she actually had loads of knowledge about how orcs actually worked, it might be a different story. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, if, but, if they had orcs in these parts, they wouldn't um, think fondly. But, but them, based but. on based on like very basic knowledge of half orcs, is you are stronger and more ferocious generally than a human. Yeah, and those are traits she can respect. Sweet, cool. And at that point, I will leave her in peace. Okay. And indeed. Um, you know, say a few wells of the tribe and head out back for Stagthor. Dilly, 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 you're at Stagthor. Yes, so, um, it is the month of Gosrin, mm-hmm. and, um, I have not had a kingdom turn. Yep. Because I headed out to, um, do this return sky vault to the centaurs and try and, um, become a member of the tribe. Yep. So, um, I will be heading back to the um, stag thorn to actually do some king- d- yep. take care of my actual kingdom for a bit. Yep, you blah information to your council. Yeah, so I um, let them know that we've become members of the tribe and mm-hmm. pass on what they know about what they're up to and what they know about um, Vordekai, which is actually less than what we know about Vordekai, except for the whole part that they know how to get onto his island, which is more than we did. Uh, so. Uh, Svetlana will actually say to you, "Oh, uh, you you have been accepted as members of the tribe. Well, that is that that is fascinating. Uh, based on what I understood, speaking to the diplomats, uh, we are uh, your. I did not quite understand the translation. Uh, your." underlings, your children something in that neighborhood uh, you you are our king, our leader if you are a centaur then your people are too <laughs> I do not know how far I would push this point with any random person from, from Stagthorn but 
but that um, means to a certain extent it applies to those of you that are dealing with the centaurs as well. Yeah. So basically, um, you don't have to, say, do those tests with Corwin to get him inducted into the centaur tribe. The fact that you, Kaelin, have done them is enough. Sweet. At least for my party members and for Svetlana, the people that are actually having contact uh, yeah, with Svetlana's point is, is, technically speaking, now everyone in your kingdom is an honorary member of the Centaur tribe. Uh, yeah. However, if Joe Bob off the street walks in there and goes, Hey, I'm a Centaur, you know, they're, they're probably just, at this point, going to beat him up and throw him out again. But, yeah. Um, yeah, we shouldn't push that. We shouldn't push our luck. Fine. Okay. What would you like to do now? Would you like to have a kingdom turn? Um, there is a conversation I would like to have. By all means. Um, with the Queen of Forgotten Time. Okay. <coughs> you are in her boudoir. <laughs> this is just never going to stop being awkward. Well, that's that's where you go. I know, I know. And yes, no, it, it still hasn't stopped being Kaylin. There's um something I need to um something I would like to ask you, but without in any way meaning to offend you. Something I probably should have asked you sooner, but Speak, I am listening, always. You've um given me your aid in fighting Bordecai and I'm grateful for it, me and mine. Is there a price that goes along with that, just as part of the equation. She looks at you, or a con- perhaps not a price, a consequence, maybe. Uh, of a sort, I suppose, but the same consequences that you should always be aware of as a ruler of your lands. You have made a new. You've made a new political ally. With it will come a closer interaction, enemies, favours sought, opportunities offered. Aye, that, that, that I do understand very well. If you were speaking of something more baroque, like binding your soul to a jar, that is for those we oppose. It's not the way I deal I seek to I seek to bring peace to us all. I no, I never thought no, I never thought that of you, lady. I guess um, it's uh, just something that um, the um, you know the centaurs were calling me the thrice marked king, and yeah, yeah, because yeah, you know, she, I, I wear the yeah, yeah, yeah. I wear the amulet while I'm yeah, out. So that's, there. that's definitely not secret information. So. Yeah. I, I'm presuming at this, this point that she's basically aware of everything that's transpired between you and Akora. Yeah. Um, and um, and now they're calling me the twice-marked king. I was just wondering if there's aught you can tell me about that, or if that's something that's not to be spoken of. I can speak freely and easily of it. Uh, the priestess sees the marks that have been laid upon you. She sort of stares blankly at me, like, isn't this really obvious? I, I can't see them. <laughs> ah. Uh, of course. I forget sometimes that 
such view, your viewpoints are so limited. Uh, we don't all have true sight at will, you know. Come, come, come. And she, she takes you to yeah. this enormous trifold mirror where yeah. you can see yourself reflected in all your yeah. glory. And she says, what I, what I show you now is, what, what I, what I will place upon you now is an illusion only, but it is what I see. And she touches your head and starts drawing things upon it. Yeah. Um, and she says, you wish to know what they see. Uh, they see, they see this. And she draws a couple of things on your forehead. And you see basically, glowing respectively in a sort of light green and a light yellow there are two marks on your forehead um, both of them are now plainly apparent to you as if you've got tattoos there Yeah. Uh, based on what she's telling you this is what they actually see so it is a glowing mark that is not actually touching your flesh it is superimposed half a millimetre off it um, the first one of which you don't recognise uh, can you give me... Uh, I will buy any sort of um, crafty, performancey, uh, symbology-style things. Uh, You've actually got jewellery, haven't you? I do In have which craft- you inscribe symbols and all Oh, cool. So, so yes. craft jewellery roll? Yes, like painting or that sort of thing would do. Okay. Um, a mega seven, alas. Okay. Uh... To you, it looks kind of like a tree with a bottle. Uh, sorry, a tree growing in a bottle. Cool. Um, the the meaning of the symbology is lost on you, but that and it's definitely representative as opposed to a particularly good um, mark, the a particularly clear mark. The second mark you recognise immediately. Um, it is an arrow. I believe it's what actually is it. Um, you've got the Knight of Thorns things there with Aristotle's information in it. Um, it is the, the Mark of Aristotle. Ah! I believe it's an arrow going through a, being clutched in a fist. That Could sounds, fam- that does sound familiar. Um, oh my god, let me. Back here, yeah. Aristotle. Ah, there we go, it's holy symbol, is the bow and arrow pointing downwards. Ah, yep, right. That is exactly what you see. It is the symbol that you associate with the worship of Aristotle. I see. Okay, cool. Alright, well that's nice. And it looks like... uh, Yes, you will actually get that based on your jewellery crafting powers. <laughs> um, it looks like it, is, it has been painted in a different hand than the, than the other mark. Uh, like two separate people have drawn this on your forehead, effectively. Right, yeah. She says, uh, some amongst my kind will see these symbols as clear as daylight. Two marks, twice marked. Ah, uh, I think I understand that one. He touches the... Um the, the, uh, is yeah, this, as far as you can yeah. tell, poking your fingers through, there's nothing there. Yeah. Is the other one a mark associated with you? Of course. Okay, that's alright. <laughs> Was there another one before? And. Another mark. Um, before I accepted your offer, a third one. Uh, 
Yes, but that's largely irrelevant now. That's right. You you are welcome to push this point. No. If you so desire. No, that's right. Um, you can actually make a diplomacy check if you want to try it. Okay, well, alright. It's not something she's inclined to tell you off the top of her head. Uh, I'll um, make a diplomacy choice to do yeah. it in a delicate She'll manner. She'll tell you what she wanted, wanted to do. Yeah, um, that is a 19. Mm-hmm. I do the enlightened mortal ignorance. I'm a particularly ignorant mortal. Uh, she... That's it. She... She says, "Yes, but that, but that, but that is that is nothing. That is nothing to be concerned about now. You have lost. You have lost nothing from this. You've lost nothing from this. You've lost nothing from this change." That's right. I will love. If, if that is the diplomacy check you are happy with, then that is the level of information you get. No, that's fine. The, um, I roll the thirteen on the dice. If, um, I mean, I can't. I have the capacity to re-roll it, but my odds of improving that are not super. I mean, you can. The, the worst you're getting here is failure. True. Okay, that's right. I will. Um, the worst she's going to do is not tell you. Yeah, I will use the agent to change reroll then, um, and that boosts it to a twenty-one. At which point, you you she says this to you, and you sort of go, well, "Yes, but, but you know, I am curious yeah, about yeah, pu- purely as a matter of information." Ah, uh, you were troubled that you have perhaps lost something. Let me make this clear to you. Two marks, she points to the ones on your head, then basically waves her hand and erases them. Yeah. And she says, where there, where there were three, and draws three marks on your head this time, um, all of them in different hands. Um, and you get another craft check to see what they are. Uh, woohoo, I rolled a bit better that time, 16. Okay, the third one is still exactly the same. It's, it's still smart. Yeah. Um, the first one is of a deep golden colour almost going to brown um, and it appears to be a picture of a throne um, albeit one that is growing out of wood and spikes and that sort of thing Um, and the second mark on there is also different It it is not the tree in a bottle you had it is a dark blue, almost freezing cold, putting out wisps of cold, um, and it appears to be a fist clutching an icicle. Oberon and Nab. Yep. Crap. And she erases them. Okay, I think I understand. Thank you for explaining that to me. Of course. You and some of the other lords and ladies of the Fae perhaps have different viewpoints on th- some of these things. You are speaking of you are speaking of where the marks have come from, Oberon and Mab. No, I think I know where they came from. I had interactions with them in the past. I think, um, and they've given me gifts in the past. It is, um, perhaps you and they are different in your goals, perhaps? They and I no longer see eye to eye. Ah. We have parted ways a long time ago. 
with bitter acrimony. And for the first time you've seen her, she actually looks kind of angry. They are thieves and cowards. I am still... I, they, they are thieves and cowards and by no stretch of the imagination still my allies. I'm sorry to hear that. But as I say, you have lost nothing. Any obligations incurred by the previous marks will pass to me. That is the way of the faith. The, um... I don't know... I, of course, don't know the people, the history, the way you do. It's not present memory to me as it was to you. They were, in their odd ways, they um, helped me in the past, as you have helped me in the present. It's, um, I'm sorry you can't get along, but I don't know how bad it was that that happened and what you suffered. No. You do not. And the mirror cracks slightly. Yeah. I'm sorry to have taken you on such difficult ground, lady, but I thank you for what you told me. She sort of waves a hand, it fixes yeah. itself. Um, actually, no, given where she is. As you sit there and watch, the mirror just cr- the cracks, then literally uncracks itself, and yeah. in the span of about 20 seconds is as good as ever. Yeah. She said, this is a time to think of new alliances, not old ones. That's cool. And I will, you know, talk to her a bit more and yep. endeavour to get the conversation, you know, talk about yep, the centaurs yep. and stuff that's going on and things and endeavour to get the conversation off. So the, you're going to leave that one there? I am going to leave that one there. Right. At least in regard to talking to her for the moment. Because, you know, she's scary when she's angry. Yeah. What I'm going to do is go talk to Tristram. Um, and, you know, without the... I, I'm just um, giving give your propensity to blurt things out in front of the um, the fae. <laughs> well, shall we say I'm requiring a bit more diplomacy after my previous conversational attempts got me frozen. Mm-hmm. And yes, we'll go and see Tristram. Mm. Um, and this is going to be one of those conversations that I don't take the amulet yep. with me, as is customary for some of the... Uh, yes, yes. Um... Lich bludgeoning weapons. I've got some, um, <coughs> wanted to talk to you privately about, um, fae lords and ladies. Oh, uh, certainly. By all means, come in, come in. Uh, wh- which volume did you want to consult? <laughs> uh, no, it's more of a what have I done sort of conversation. Uh-huh. Um, the, I got, um, I finally, uh, yes, I know if you'd I know you would have worked out something cleverer than this long ago, but um, I'm me, and... Uh, the the whole thing about the centaurs um, calling me the thrice-marked king. Mm-hmm. I um, had a conversation with the lady about what the markings are and what's going on with them. Ah, and was she able to help with what we can't see? Yeah, um, one of the marks is Aristil. Yeah, and you can literally draw yeah, them. Yeah, draw, draw them. The other two were these, and I will draw them. Oberon, Mab, he can't fail these. Yeah, but now, and I will draw the Aristotle and the lady. 
Yeah. Tristan sort of looks at this and nods. Doesn't seem terribly surprised by any of it. It's just, um, I... I don't have problems with working with her. It's... But I've obviously pissed off Oberon... I suspect I've pissed off Oberon or Mad by doing it, and it might have been the right call anyway, but I wish I'd looked before I leaped a bit more and at least given it some thought. I don't know... Oberon's done a lot for me in his weird cryptic way, and Mab certainly did me a good service that time. I'm just... It sounds like the three of them can't get on, and that's one of those really irrevocable things that makes reconciling us with the centaurs look like a picnic like comparison, but um, I guess I'm sorry if I've offended them. And I wanted to talk to you about it because you all understand all this stuff way better than I do. Not, not that that couldn't be said of a great many things, but this specifically. Admittedly, I, I don't begin to understand the exact nature of the relationship, between between the three of them, but uh, I imagine that um, our queen is now throwing thro- throwing her flag more firmly in our planting her flag more firmly in our camp. Uh, it's it, it's as if you had made an alliance with, say, uh, uh, Pytax. I mean. Wouldn't Drelev be inclined to see that, if not a direct threat intended against him, at least opposing his interests? Aye. I mean, I I shouldn't worry about it. Uh, Any debt incurred to Oberon or Mab by you uh, will be taken on by her, and vice versa. Yeah, she said something about that. It's... Right, yes, I suppose that means I don't owe them... I don't know, it's just a, um... I guess if I had, um... I, I guess it is is just like if there were nations and I had to accept I could only ally with one because the other two wouldn't, um, work with me. She's given us a lot more direct help than, um, the other two have. And I suppose I can't. Um, I can't be friends with everyone. I I've, would love to know what the what what the division between the three of them is. I, I haven't found anything in the books, but then I don't expect to. The workings of such beings are not traditionally written down for my education. Well, um, it seems like it's a touchy subject. I veered onto it and then veered away. I'd advise you to be extra careful if you want to ask her. And so her mark's now now upon you replacing the other two? Oh, did you just tell them that? Yes. Right, yeah. okay. Yeah. Sorry, I hadn't quite followed that. No, 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 that's all right. I. Yeah, and you draw her one and he looks at it and goes, ah, nods like he knows something. Yeah. Do you know who she is? Like, what her name is? Uh... It's very possible that the, that the Queen of Forgotten Time is actually her name, although I imagine she has something less formal, at the, less less formal in her current incarnation. Do you, I, I just wondered if you? I mean, you've been talking to her for a long while now. Have you found out anything about her and the stories and the like? Uh, Research and that. I think perhaps the question you mean to ask is what her name was. I. I, I mean. Mab is well is Mab but is also something else now Aye. Uh, likewise Titania is also something else now 
So she is detective? Possibly. Was. She, she, she almost was. certainly was. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course, and she and Mab don't exactly get on. As to what she is now. Is something different than she was, I like, um, like Mab and Desna. Yes, although she didn't assume a new form, like, like as she didn't assume a new place in the Pantheon as Mab and Desna did. It seems like, um, but everyone... She speaks about being trapped, so... I, I think, um, something happened. Perhaps she didn't make the same choice that the others did about... Perhaps she just... Did, she seems to be able to impact the world much more directly. Perhaps she didn't make the same choice that they did about stepping aside. It's likely that she still exists in this world in a much greater form than they do. Uh, put another way, she's much more titanery than Mab is Mabby. I get what you're saying, but I think that that perhaps comes at a price. She seems much more curtailed. She may be much more present, but she's much more curtailed. Quite possibly. Whether that's because of the decision she made or something perhaps the Mab and Oberon did or something that someone else did. Something that she decided to do to protect herself, I don't... It's all a bit beyond me, really. But I understand now why why they're cross, and that's helpful. So yeah, yeah, she's she's Titania. Yeah, yeah, I did have, I did figure it out. Yes, yes, I just don't like to answer these things if you're just guessing. Yeah, I just like to give you my blank GM face. Yeah, and does I even know if I'm right or not? Uh huh. Wouldn't you rather have it that way <laughs> than have a readable GM? Uh, well, I feel less. I feel less bad about that, and it's not like this whole road of. It's not like I haven't been um, leaping before I look with this whole fair alliances thing. Anyway, I've always been out of my depth, and it's nothing new. As to uh, uh, offering apologies to Oberon and Mab, I mean, um, the the only thing I can think of is if you wanted to go back into the first world and endeavour to seek them out. Nay. <laughs> Nay, once was enough. I understand that you want to go there, but um, you're, you'd have much more of a handle on what you were looking at. The, the problem is you can't get like a commune scroll that would let you okay. ask questions of Oberon because you'd need a cleric of Oberon to scribe the And there's no such thing. Yeah. Or no. at least not that you're... Certainly there isn't one down the road. Yeah. Anyway, no, that's all right. The, um... The, um... I'm sorry if I've offended them, but um, they'll work it out uh, in their own way or they won't. It's their decision. Either way, um, I think I'd um, have accepted her help knowing the price. We, the, the reasons I didn't have it changed. We needed to get Mordecai and she's offering it. And I do think that engaging her more in the kingdom wasn't necessarily a bad decision. I mean, she'll always have her own... Um, agendas and goals and concerns, but as you pointed out, um, so does everyone. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I made a very wise choice. Yeah, I knew it She's fantastic. <laughs> but he's not wrong, she is pretty awesome. In her own scary fey way, but mm-hmm. that's not any different from the other two. That's alright. If they want to come talk to me about it personally, I'll, um, I'll talk to them about it. If they, um, if they're pissed, they're, um, they're welcome to be. Whatever else happens, they've given me an aid that I'll remember, and so is she. And um, 
some things can't, we might be able to patch it up with the centaurs, but some things can't be mended. I'm, I'm not even that great a diplomat on the human scale. I don't think I can resolve risks from beyond the dawn of time. Thanks, Tristram. That helps. It's, uh, I understand that you don't cotton on much to religion, but um, I at least feel like I'm on form, firm of footing not knowing what I'm doing with it. You can see why. It's a mess. <laughs> well, let me assure you, this whole fae business, it's not that I don't respect him, but um, the I continually feel like I'm lost in a maze with it. At least, at least the fae lords and ladies you can actually talk to. You can talk to the gods as well, kid, I assure you. Yes, but they don't talk back. At least not clear. Oh, never mind. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to speak of things we can't resolve. <laughs> but yes, that's alright. Caelan um, knows what's going yeah, on, or yeah. thinks he does. And you still have the mark of Aerosol on you. That's the important one. Yes. Um, all of them are basically... Um, all of the marks you've seen are pretty much of vaguely identical size, temperament, hollowiness, yeah. etc., etc. Yeah, no, that's right. The, um, you know, the thing is, the the Fae have given me a lot of help, and I'm not going to just, I'm not just going to run in the other direction, but the Aristotle thing is the only one that I picked out because yep. that's where I wanted to go. Yep. That's the one that's most important. Yep, you're playing a game of ancient gods and war, yep. as that intro says. Yes, yeah. But, you know, when you put it in the familiar kingdom context, it becomes much more reassuring, yeah. because it's not like I'm always making... I mean, if it comes to that, I don't know why Pytax wants an alliance with me and what they're up to, and arguably they're... Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. See, the truth is, you know, the Queen of Forgotten's time and interests don't, um, you know, seem very antithetical to mine. You know, she wants to kill Vordekai, I want to kill Vordekai, she wants there to be peace in the kingdom, I'm certainly not opposed to that. She wants me to not stop on the Fae, I'm in favour of not stomping on the Fae. Whereas, I don't know what the heck Castrosio Uravetti wants, but I bet money it doesn't match very well with what I want. You're just surrounded by completely inscrutable people. It's like it's a political game. <laughs> Anyway, no, that's all right. That's all good. So at that point, I am happy to do a kingdom turn. Um, did you want to poke Tristan on his forbidden knowledge? Oh yes, I'm I just did. checking. That's not the player forgetting. Yeah, no, it is totally the player forget- forgetting. So yes, I will. Um, so yeah, you yabble a bit more about lords yeah. and ladies and things. Oh yeah, I wanted to ask you. Um, hmm? The um, priestess of Kororast, we got the info on Vordekai, and you didn't tell her everything, which was fine, because, you know, we don't necessarily tell uh, people we're trying to win their trust every single little thing. But it never occurred to me to ask where you got it, because I'm just used to you knowing everything. But where did you get it? Ah, well... Because you you, your, your eyes did that sideways thing, and they wouldn't have done that if you got it from the... Um, it, they wouldn't have got it if you got it from the lady because you trust her. It's like talking to Michaela again. <laughs> <laughs> we should be at, at least she'd think you were learning, I suppose. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't lie per se. I mean, most of it came from books, and and a little of it from the Queen of Forgotten Time, and the rest. Uh... 
okay, I'm going to ask you a question and, and you're probably going to say no because most of the people I ask do. Uh, have you ever just had that thing where, you know, you know something but you don't remember how you learned it? You know, happens all the time. Perfectly normal. Must happen to someone other than me. No, but I'm. But you do have weird abilities, and I'm. But and, 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 no, but I do have this thing where every so often I go to sleep, and a fey lord talks to me inside my head. So I'm not going to say your thing is um, <laughs> weirder than mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually, laugh at that one. <laughs> a, a lot of what I know comes from. I read, I study, I talk to everyone I can find about every source of information I can get because, well, frankly, the world is just so damn fascinating. But, uh, and and I have a reasonably good memory for where I picked this all up from, but other bits are just sort of in there. Um, you know how there's that... that old uh, joke that, that Father keeps throwing around about how I spoke Sylvan before Teldane? I. Well, where do you think I learned Sylvan from? I certainly didn't learn it from him or the household servants, did I? No, I, um, I kind of, I have to admit, I, um, you never really told me what was going on there, but I kind of assumed you'd, you know, befriended some sort of fake creature that taught it to you. He sort of shrugs at this. Uh, well, uh, I mean, since, certainly, but not then. Because you were a two. Yeah. And, you just started speaking Sylvan and, and you didn't know how? It wasn't from, you know, books, because, well... Yeah. I mean, obviously Even I couldn't two. read till at least two and a half. <laughs> I... <laughs> Certainly not something voluminous enough to teach me Sylvan. I... <laughs> I, I mean, I would have... See, I, I remember being I remember being five and a half and sitting down to really study gnome, you know, and, and sitting down with all the tomes and volumes and their dictionaries of language and, and absorbing it all and actually learning it. But the, the Sylvan, I, I don't remember at all. It just sort of... You just started out with it. Yeah, I, I mean, apparently I, I didn't... You know, just start speaking in coherent sentences one day. It was just words like any other kid. It just, you know, father well, wanted me to start with daddy instead of no. Which means? Uh, father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice job on this one. Alright, the young. Well, he's a very sort of linear man, as as Elvis. It's part of why I upset him so. I think he doesn't. He's he doesn't understand me, and he's very set in his ways. The and I think you are something a bit special. Well, I've tried I not being special. I I I. I Believe me, if this is something I understand, I understand being different from the folk around you. That, um... I tried not being an orc, and that didn't work out at all well. <laughs> we we had very different childhoods, but I get that yours wasn't a lot easier, even if I thought once it was. But, um... It's, I think... 
Elvis isn't wrong that you are different. I think you've always had a destiny that was a bit different from most of ours. I mean, you impressed Titania with your scholarship. That's not something just anybody could do. He flushes deep red. <laughs> yeah. I just think that maybe what Elders didn't see is just because you were a bit different, that didn't mean you weren't just as much of a thorn as, say, Van with his more conventional Eldori swordsmanship. It just meant you were a different kind of thorn. I mean, I'm not saying I know what kind, but it doesn't bother me. It's it's just who you are. I mean, where would the rest of us be if you couldn't read all this stuff and work out stuff about... The, um, work, I mean, look at that meeting with Cora. I mean, they've only been watching out for this guy for 30 millennia, and you know more about... You, you practically know his birth date and which town he was born in. I... It, it's it's important. It's special. It's just not necessarily what Elvis was expecting, and he's not super great at what he wasn't expecting. I, I may not say it a lot, but I appreciate you accepting me for who I am. Likewise, what you said when you first found out about you know about us, it, it meant a lot to me. I was pretty angry when I found out. It it changed a lot of things for me. I'd always be grateful to Elvis, and I was pretty angry with him for a while. I think, in his own way, he did his best for us. It's just that that best wasn't necessarily what we needed. I mean, I think he genuinely believed trying to reshape you into a different kind of person was in your best interest. It just wasn't actually very useful or helpful. And while another kind of father might have come in and taken me out of there sooner, which would certainly have been nice, I guess for me I can't help but think that there's plenty of... um, plenty of Brevoy nobles up north who, um, had they fathered such as me would have conveniently forgotten all about it. Which would certainly have been simpler because I would have been dead by the time I was 14 and he'd never have had to be bothered at all. Then what would have happened to the rest of us? I think it's important to know it's, it may have seemed like your problem because he was older and more like the rest of the old, and, and more steeped in the traditions and all that, and he said it was your problem. But it was really his problem. You just who you were, I don't know, I think you, this is who you were always meant to be, and the fact that he can't cope with that is his problem, not yours. I mean, it's him that's wigged out by you. It's not something that's wrong with you. It's just that he's not good at unpredictableness. I mean, that's something he just needs to grow up about a little bit. We both know the world's full of unpredictable things. And I will make a diplomacy roll. By all means, to improve your relationship with Tristan? Yeah. Go for it. And that is an 18. Which I imagine will do it. Yep. 
you eight character sheets as a relationship person. Yes, I know which one it is. I'm just looking for that one. Here we go. Yes, that will do it. Ooh, 14. Mm-hmm. So it looks like Tristan has a mysterious backstory as well. Yeah. Which is pretty cool, actually, because mm-hmm. it's nice to fit a mysterious backstory into a character I've known since the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know? It's been there from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, but the, um, Kaelin's prepared to grant a lot on the grounds of that's Tristram, he's just weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Carolyn has his own theories about this stuff, which may be totally off base, yeah, yeah. but... So at 14, you do not get a thing. No, no, I know I don't get a thing, but the point is, next... Next time, I think. Yeah. Admittedly, it'll just be a minor more information about Tristan one, but that's still exciting. Mm-hmm. And it was an awesome conversation, and mm-hmm. um, Kaelin will... Um, if it was cool, and he'd you know get them both beers and hang out and mm-hmm. talk um, things, but as it is, he'll track down a bottle of elephant wine and let Christian tell him about something that's fascinating about Faye. Yeah, <laughs> because you know Caitlin really does listen. It's yeah. just you know after about an hour or so, his eyes start to well, close. You see, what's really bit. fascinating is that fairy dragon's crystalline wing structure actually serves as a mark of what kind of different trees it's lived in. You see here in this illustration. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's interesting. It's about the planet. Mm-hmm. It's just that Caelan's actually okay to listen to it. It's yeah. just, um, in fact, he wishes, so, you know, it's just when Tristram wants him to actually read the books that yeah, he yeah. just sort of waits and lets Tristram yeah. explain the books to him. And, well, but well, a lot of it is, is well over your head. Yeah. He, like, he's got 22 intelligence at this point. He's, yeah. You're, you're by no stretch of the imagination actually stupid, but he's so much smarter than you, it's scary. Yeah, well, he's got a straight 10 points on me. Yes. <laughs> Yes, which, which, means he, which, verging, which means he's verging on twice as smart as I am in the literal rather than merely the figurative sense. It's, it's actually worse because it gets exponential from there. Yeah. A guy with 18 strength is not just stronger than a guy with 16 strength, but significantly stronger. Yeah. And his gap, <laughs> the gap between your intelligence and his just keeps getting bigger. Yeah. But as I say, it's... Um, it's just not intimidating to Kaelin. Yeah. Okay. And I do think it's Alice's problem and not his. So. You have talked to the Tristan? Yes. Okay. Last session I built a caster tower. So now I have a wizard. Yes. Um, 36 build points at the up, And no one rests. And even more magic item slots. And this is the Kingdom Return of Gosrum? Yes. We're all stability. Uh, I pass. I gain a bill point. Win a chicken dinner. I pay consumption. Yep. And then we get to the exciting part. Fill vacant magic item slots. I'm glad it's exciting for you. <laughs> well, the point is, I've got different magic items. Ah, slots. yes, I see. You think better ones now. Yeah, because yeah. I've got a, I've got a thingy. I've got a, I've got. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, hang on. I've got medium item slots, which I have filled in incorrectly on the late few sheets because I hadn't realised there were two pages of minors. Anyway, sweet, if the um, magic items are becoming too burdensome, we can um, look at it as in the mouth. No, it's fine, it's okay. 
It's just, you know, I'm just reading your things off the pre-printed list. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you are actually getting your shiny things. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so I need um, two more Alcrest items. Yep. Um, and then um, uh, uh, three new Lakeview items and two medium Lakeview items. Okay. So Alcrest? Yep. A scroll of flame blade. Yep. Potion of cure moderate. Ooh, nice. That will find a home. Lakeview. Uh, yep. Oil of magic weapon. Potion of Cure Light. Nice. Yep. Scroll of Hold Animal. <laughs> Less useful. Cool. And talk to me about my medium item slots. Yeah. That might be problematic. What, does like you not have enough money to afford medium items? Well, that's the thing. I'm betting it doesn't. Do yeah. you have Lakeview's... Um, 2,000 GP, or that, although that was prior to building a caster's tower in it. In the sense that uh, I think I increased the GP for base value if that provides a base value improvement, but um, in the sense that it's got more hexes filled now, so it's presumably slightly more... Yeah. Okay, there is actually stuff on this list that is under that, huh? albeit um, not much. Yeah, well, that's what I don't... Um, I don't know about the deal with medium item slots and the like in terms of, um, you know, is it worth filling... Is it worth just not filling them until Lakeview gets a bit bigger style of thing? Well, see, that's, that's the thing. I, I don't... I'm not particularly desperate to penalise you and say that um, Lakeview is incapable of producing these items... Because they're worth twenty seven thousand gold. Yeah. Um, when um, somebody could just go down the road and buy them. Yeah. Um, on because like it's not like the guy in Elk's Rest that has twenty seven thousand gold in his pants wouldn't walk down and pick it up. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, it if I don't use those rules does vaguely limit the utility of the base value of the cities going up. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I wonder, like. It's not very... What I'm not very enthusiastic about is generating things when 95% of it's going to be ruled out. I don't yeah. like the odd one not hitting the city cap, but I wonder about just leaving generating medium items until the city gets big enough to really justify. Um, some of these things are very expensive. Yeah. Well, I, no. I, I'm just looking for a you know 50-50 as opposed to 90-10 sort of ratio. So... I, I have an alternate, another proposal for you. I I'm interested. I listen. Is just giving you um, basically your your kingdom's highest base value. That would certainly um... because essentially, like if if Elk's Rest also can't support a twenty seven thousand gold item, it doesn't get made. Period. Yeah. Um, if um, but 
like who's an elk's rest that wouldn't walk, you know walk or pay somebody a small penny to bring them the twenty seven thousand gold item from Lakeview. It does. It does. That would make that would provide that would be a lot cooler in my view. Yeah. Okay. That would be so very let's go much. with that then. So oh. it doesn't matter um, what the base value of your individual unit. So it doesn't matter what space is producing the magic item. Yeah. What matters is the highest value that your kingdom can afford. Excellent. Okay, um, Elk's Rest has a base value of 7,500, which I imagine is still going to be too small for many things. Would you like me to um, do math and check that? Yes, yes I would. Okay, I'm good. Mm-hmm. So, I would guess that that is in fact correct, because you are rapidly approaching but haven't yet jumped at the point where your base value jumps to 8,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It's currently base of 4,000 plus all the improvements you've put in, which sounds about right for 7.5. Yeah. Uh, if Jetline increased your population while I was in there, it's now 2,300-odd. Cool. As opposed to 2,100-odd. Um, but yes, so in that case, I'm happy to say yes, your base value, your highest base value is 7,500. Um, unless you want to... Um, unless you want to get, do a kingdom base value and add in the... Um, Additions from your other buildings in other cities, so it'd be your biggest city plus your base, your buildings. I'm actually pretty content with my biggest city. Yep. Um, because it's sort of a, you know, yep, yep. each of them adds their own base value. So if I make Lakeview bigger, Lakeview can take over. At which point we will jump down the list to the first magic item that your city can sustain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will not be a wand of cure moderate wounds because I won't be handing those out. Yes. Yes. Um, so you're of the opinion with me that they break the game a bit? Uh, I'm actually also worried about the wand of the wands of cure moderate because that's four thousand to buy that wand. And yeah, that's only part charge. Yeah, it's the um, cure lights that are a mega seven fifty a piece. That yeah, them. but regardless, the um, the the wands of cure, I agree with your assessment. They kind of make it boring. Yeah, you just poke yourself with the heel stick repeatedly. It, 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 I just found it makes. If you let people have wands of cure, there's no point really even bothering to try and drain their resources yeah. in terms of healing because you I just mean, can't drain their you the, just can't drain their hit points. The, so if they get five minutes, they're fine. The potions just just I think have the inherent inclination of when you're carrying fifty potions, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and so also nobody does it. And also, their set price is significantly yeah. the, the disparity between how much it costs you to buy a bunch of potions versus how much. You, but also, yeah, I mean, you're not going to. The, the potions of cure light may be relatively cheap, but you're not going to carry 50 of them around. Yeah. Anyway, so that being the case, yep. uh, the next thing down you get is a heavy steel shield, a plus two heavy steel shield. Cool. Now, I have two slots, so I get yep. two things. And the next one is a wand of fireball with 15 charges on it. <laughs> of the sixth caster level. Now, the trick to these being they're really expensive, yeah, unsurprisingly. Yeah. yeah, so the, um... Well, they can still clear the slot, can yes, I not? Yes, yes, you can. Yeah. Because the presumption is that, you know, Taylor's an 8th level adventurer, somewhere out there is 12th level adventurer, has got enough money as pants and wants a plus 2 shield. Yeah, it's just like you can only direct people <coughs> at one of those things. Yeah. Okay, so the, um... We will just purchase the Potion of Cure Light and the Potion of Cure Moderate. And Kalen will just put both in his pants. So, um... Your pants clink. Uh-huh. Um, what's the normal GP 
50 light, 300 moderate is normal, so that's 25 and 150 respectively. Yep, so 175. Yep. Sweet. Uh, I'll just add that into my pants. Pants, ma. Money was nice, isn't it? What I think I will probably do vis-a-vis the magic items yeah. is um, at some point I will just stop generating new minor ones yeah. when they hit the point where you're no longer really buying any of them. Yeah. Um, They're still moderately beneficial, but yeah. I think a couple more levels will just cut the mine. assume the minor ones yeah, yeah. go on the but, background. But at the point where you're, where you're getting ten or, ten or so of them generated a turn... I'm going to be running through the list so fast I won't know what to do with myself. And we're already kind of... I mean, I've got um, nearly 12... I've got 11 slots for those now. Yes, I I know. I'm I'm looking at my list. Yeah. That might be a good... um, I mean, I don't know how many more pages you've got of that list, but when Uh, you run... I've got about another 20 items on it. Right. Because I am okay to just... I mean, it, it would be possibly cool to print out a bit more, but... Um, yep. Well, why don't we keep going until I get bored with it? That sounds like a pretty good... Me- that sounds like a pretty sensible mechanism. Yeah. Okay. And and it also hits the point where the... Um, if the, the, in- the savings become significantly less interesting. And yeah. Yay, I save 25 gold or a potion of cure life. Yeah, well, so, and also once it becomes... gets to the point that, you know, we wouldn't buy these things because we, we have better things to spend yep. our money on... Um, okay, so are people interested in the scroll of flame blade? No. Um, the heavy steel shield plus no. two, and the wand of fireball. No. Yeah, I kind of assumed that might be the case. Um, um, Michaela has her own already has her own plus two tower shield, which right, she loves yeah. and adores. Yeah. Um, Corwin was the only other one that used shields, and he stopped doing it with his um. Well, because he's got needle spikes yeah. now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so so shields are pretty much going to be rejected by this party across the board. Yeah, those of your party who can use them don't want to. Yeah, no, that's all right. But, um, so I will in fact clear the heavy steel shields. Okay, so presuming that Kaelin doesn't want a cheap magic shield. He does not. He's pretty content yeah. with, you know, three quarters of his weapons are two-handed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and while a temporary AC bonus is a nice thing in theory, in reality it's too much of a pain in the ass. Okay, I've cleared some slots in the magic item world. Mm-hmm. We move on to the um, next stage, which okay. is uh, Assign leadership, claim advantage hexes, build, 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 build. Yep, no problem. So, I want to claim three hexes. Mm-hmm. Which is the max I can claim in a turn. Yep. Well, cool. So, I want to pick up a big strip of forest along... So, I want to claim um, B7, C7, and D7. Yep. Which is where the Dryad and the Nixie are. Yep. And um, where we rescued the wagons. Quite correct. Yep. So, um, I don't know if there is anything significant about those hexes. I don't think so. Check that. No, it is not a landmark or whatever. And um, the, benef- the benefit you're deriving having them in your king- kingdom, you already get. Getting because of the stability bonuses. <coughs> um, so, um, I am. Um, I may at some stage put fi- some fisheries in, but I'm not going to... Um, 
do anything particularly dramatic in those hexes yep. because they are largely, you know, there are fake characters in them and I'm endeavouring not to um, go too nuts. I'm endeavouring not to put any sawmills in any hexes yep. I know where they are in. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dryad and sawmills. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of assuming the fisheries is not something that would disturb things, but um, possibly actually not ideal combination with Nixie. Certainly I, wouldn't disturb the dryad. Yeah, no, Nixie, yeah, no, that's right. So those two hexes are going to stay. The, the, it's the sawmill and dryad problem is the lumberjacks cut down the wrong tree. Well, okay, you can't plant another tree or regrow it. You just killed the dryad. Yeah. Whoops. Yes, yeah, so um, what I will actually do is put a fishery he- fishery in the... Um, D7, which doesn't contain anything particular. Yep. And leave the other two as that's as developed as they're getting. Doesn't sound too fishy. And that's official. Ooh. You're talking a lot about these puns, but... Mm-hmm. That's alright. I'll stop baiting you. Alright, so that's four for that. So three for that, and four for that. Um, and then I also want to build a tannery in um, uh, Thornwatch. Yep. Which I have never done before. Okay. Alright, so you build a tannery. Um, this is extremely beneficial to your um, to your businesses you find to having have this lovely thing there that produces leathers and um, you know what a real life tannery is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So it's producing leathers and paint and chemicals and all this kind of thing. I put it, I'm going to put it on the edge of town. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, mm-hmm. um, it provides you with two economy. Two economy. And one stability. Wow. Yep, but... Yep. Um... Unfortunately, you will find that um, a number of people complain heavily about the smell and, you know, want to leave town and this sort of thing, and it functionally it functionally destroys one of your houses, by housing blocks, by rendering it unlivable. Right, okay. If I don't, if that means I don't have enough houses, do I need, shall I, should I build another, I've got spare buildings, shall I build another housing block to compensate? Uh, no, you, you just have a, le- you have one less house now. Yep, okay. It, it doesn't necessarily destroy the physical building, but effectively no one will live in it, so it's no longer a house. Yep. You, however, do not um, reverse the effects of having the house. You don't gain unrest from it and that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I was mainly thinking of the I need X um, houses to have this building style of thing. Yeah, well, if you're already building something else this turn, then you can continue to do so without worrying about it. Yeah, yeah no, I, I wasn't. I um, am asking for the... For the future, yes, you have one less house. Yeah, so... um. The Thornwatch has no spare. Ha- uh, has one spare house. Sweet. Okay, that's right. So, w- if it's all right with you, what it'll effectively do is write that down as though the tannery was 
using that house in the same way that like the yep. the tavern has a house. Yep, but it works. Because I mean, I accept that it's rendering the house unlivable rather than um, yep. actually requiring it, yep. but the effect is kind of the same. Yep. I mean, you are at the point where you can build multiple. Um, yeah, yeah, I can build. So it. you can actually just go ahead and build another house this round if you so choose. Yeah, and if if it was using up one of the houses that an existing building requires, I would. But that house is spare. Yep. For future need. So um, okay. Could you toss me a red pin? 52 build points. Awesome. Ready for your event? Yes. For absolutely no reason, can you roll me a d4? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm aware of the possibility that this could be too and it could be bad. I'm also aware you could just be making me roll a dice for the ship versus it yanking my chain. If you can't find a d4, you can use a d6 and use 4 to 6. Yeah, no, that's alright. Uh, one. Okay. All good. <laughs> if you just say, and that's fine, and note something down, I won't be forced to show you. No, yeah, that's, that's fine. I'll just write something down. Uh, and you get a couple of different things this month. Okay. Um, do you want your internal politics first or your external? Uh, let's have the internal one first. Okay. Um, so, you are at a night at the theatre. Yep. Your new theatre. Yep. Um, lady Jerabeth, uh, not lady, sorry, I keep making her a lady, Jerabeth, mm. the um, elven archaeologist. Is thrilled, is there, and she swans over to see you, and she says, ah. Your Majesty, we've been enjoying the we've been enjoying the activity in in the new forest regions that the kingdom is building into because you're building vaguely down around her head. Yeah, there are so many lovely new traders coming through, bringing such exotic spices from Gatapesh to my to my artists to enhance their minds and spread their creativity across and. You think about this, and you know you you do actually listen when Corwin talks about the economy. There aren't supposed to be traders coming through there. Yeah, you know it's it's not one of the trade routes you actually have established. All right, so um, I will you know talk pleasantly to her, and then um, look into that. She tells you how much they're really enjoying it. Yeah, and as you are looking into it, you get a. Um, a meeting request from Freya Littletoe, who was the leader of the Children of the West. Yeah. Um, and she comes to you, and she says, "Your Majesty, I've, Your Majesty, I've just received word that uh, I've just received word that there is there's some, there's pesh being smuggled in from Catapesh, uh through some through some of the new forest regions through some of the new forest regions that we've expanded our borders into. Uh, a number of a number of my people are uh, former addicts, formerly involved in the trade. That sort of thing. They keep an ear to the ground, and I thought you should. I thought you should know about it, given how you, given how fairly you've dealt with us in the past. I appreciate that very much, Freya. Thank you. Um, I think that's um, definitely something we'll want to have a look into. Okay. And these these two, um, Jerabeth tells you all about the wondrous benefits of this, and um, yeah. And then um, Freya tells you all about the downsides. So you get both sides of this before you make an actual decision. Yeah. For the meta-wise. 
So Pesh has been smuggled into your kingdom. Yeah. Um, this is actually making a large amount of money for your kingdom. Yeah. Um, however, it is also increasing the drug trade in your kingdom. Yeah. Um, so this increases your treasury by 2d6 exploding build points. Yeah. So every time you roll sixes, you explode them. Um, but you get you get one unrest for every two build points you gain in this way, up to a max of six. Right. Um, if you choose to, you can, that's if you let it go. If you choose to crack down on it, um, then you can try and suppress it from happening, um, at which point you can reduce the unrest to merely... Some drugs have already made their way. Yeah, yeah, so a, a small. You're getting unrest regardless of what you do. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. You can choose to keep. You, you can choose to get very little unrest and very little build points. Yep, that's the. Galen um, will talk to people about it, mm-hmm. but his general policy is that he's opposed to the drug. He's opposed to things being smuggled into the borders generally and. Drugs more so than other things. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I don't need to tell the player what Pesh is because yeah, know. yeah. Because I got got my because you I ran for the entirety of Legacy of Fire with your Pesh dealing half brother. Yes, yeah, so I um, detoxed at considerable stress and expense and lesser restoration spells. So it's it's entirely up to you. Um, um, so Freya has a vague investment in stopping the trade. Jerabeth has a vague investment in keeping it going. Neither of them are particularly wedded to that. Okay, so I think um, we want to stop it in a. Um, I don't want to get all repressive. Big, I don't want to get super repressive, Big Brother. If the only way to stop it is you know throw a billion people in jail, I have concerns yep. about that. But generally speaking, I'm opposed. Uh, this is actually a job for your royal enforcer. Yeah. If what you want Crystal to do is go basically quietly pass word to the traders that it's time to pack up your trade and fuck off before things get a little more unpleasant. Yeah, I think, let's go with... Like, you could start arresting a bunch of people. Yeah, I I think, um, that sounds perfect. If you, um, if I get... And Crystal's just the woman for the job. If I get Crystal to pass word that the, um... Kingdom of Stab form is about to become an unfriendly place to deal in pesh, and perhaps those who are dealing in pesh should fuck off and deal in pesh somewhere a little bit safer. So let me get this straight. You want me to find a bunch of criminals, who I might or might not know already, and just threaten them a little with axes? That's the general idea. Oh, I, this is the job I was born for. <laughs> okay. She goes off and endeavours to do so. Yep. Uh, then you see whether she does her job spectacularly well or poorly. Now yep. it's a loyalty check. Sweet. Uh, I make said loyalty check. Yep. It's in that 20 anyway. Uh, it's a 16. Right, yep, yep. Um, at the relevant, however, the question you should be asking is: Is it a one? Because yeah. one of the reasons I'm expanding my kingdom so much is that I cannot fail to roll these things at present. You gain one unrest. You gain one d three build points. Okay. Do not explode. That's fine. A little bit of drugs, a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's a life for king. Uh, that's not d three. Well. It is D3, and that is... Two. A little bit of drug money. Yep, a little bit of drug money. Okay. Pish. Smuggled in. Crystal threatens back out. 
I'm very entertained by that. I'm, I'm very happy with that as a solution where we don't actually go round kicking in doors and arresting a bunch of people. Chris will just has a gentle conversation about how certain things are bad for your health and, you know, sometimes axes get thrown at people. It, 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 it can just happen. Like an axe just spontaneously yeah. out of nowhere embeds itself in someone. It can be a dangerous tray. An axe might just fall onto your fingers. <laughs> You know, I mean, there might have been possibly that wasn't the most diplomatic. You know, possibly no, they but, said but that that's some... that's very clearly out of the purview of the royal enforcer. Uh, yeah. taking care of this sort of off the books trouble that's yeah. happening in your kingdom. Yeah. Okay, so that is Gosrum. Uh, you said there was an in- yep, external. Yep. I'm just marking off your smuggler activity. Yeah. Uh, and the next one is. Um, Directly related to the centaurs, so while you were doing this, um, you may, if you so choose, want to make your um, kingdom diplomacy checks for your centaurs. Ah, uh, yes. So that's the diplomat, warden, or leader um, can make diplomacy checks to improve their attitude representing a weak living amongst the centaurs. Yeah, I think um, I will send Svetlana in. Yep. To experience the new benefits of actually being a part yep. of the tribe. Normally a D20 plus 7 for her diplomacy check. That is a 10. Okay. Which may actually make things worse. Uh, no. Keep in mind, she's then adding her diplomacy ranks to uh, that. Yeah. And she's, you've added the 7 to that? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so... That is... Not quite sufficient to actually increase it, but nowhere near bad enough to be a problem. That's fine. So I think the, um, you know, she builds on the relationship we already have yep. had where they, but doesn't necessarily make enough of a good impression to improve it further. And as you are already liked, uh, they give her this information freely and it comes back to you. Sweet! Um, and so she comes from meeting with you after she comes back, as she's probably wont to do, to buy yeah. Vaguely tell you, hey, I think we've improved the relationship with yeah. the eight points. Um, Out of curiosity, um, when she goes on these trips, does she bring Tobias along? Uh, yes, actually. Awesome, because I think being part of a centaur tribe could be really good. <laughs> and I'll probably bring. I'll probably don't if I continue hanging out with the centaur tribe post post this whole adventure, which I certainly am want to do. And I have little bubbles, I'd be perfectly inclined to bring them along. And the thing is, they quite like him because they've got. Um, uh, they like children. Yeah, because they've got very few children being, yes. um, having had the troubles that they have and possibly not breeding super easily. Uh, where did this map just go from? There it is. So, oh, cool. Gets, gets a meeting with you, comes to see you. Ah, Caitlin, we're making good headway with the centaurs. That's great to hear. I appreciate you going out there. Although I think it's a, it, it, it's certainly I'm finding a nicer experience being out there with them. They seem a lot more comfortable with us generally. So I have found they do very well with to, with they, they do very well with Tobias, even though they even though he is definitely still human. They treat him as a child, not a human. If that makes any sense, it does. Uh, Akora has asked me to pass word for you to you that her scouts have found something disturbing, and she gets out your map basically. Yeah. And she says, Akora says that the land itself 
in Norman Heights is changing slowly in a way it was not before. She says, uh, she said that it feels dead and unclean. The plants are fading. The land is changing. She said you would have a better understanding than I would of what she was talking about. A sort of ill feeling like oil rolling down the back of your throat. And, um, you do actually have an idea of what she's talking about because you've been to Candlemere. It's that vague sense of there's nothing, there, there wasn't anything terribly bad happening on Candlemere. The plant life was a bit deader than you might expect, but it just felt bad. Like there were eyes watching you and that sort of thing. Um, and the Cora describes effects happening in the Norman Heights and it is spreading. That does not gladden my heart. <laughs> Um, it is at present in hexes, if you want the specifics. Yeah. Uh, D8 and E8. Right, yeah. Evil. Evil. And E9 and F9. <laughs> Yeah, I think I can I can see the pattern there. And it is spreading at the rate of one hex a month. Yikes. Yep. Well, that answers that question, but I didn't think but I... But they haven't told it. you that because they didn't like you enough to yet. Yeah. And that was the D4 you were rolling, incidentally, was which adjacent hex is getting affected. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, because it's not spreading... While it's hit E9, it's not spreading in a clear, like, no, straightforward it's not spreading in a nice line. Yeah. Or or a all the way around. Yeah, and, and indeed, it's quite certainly not dividing nicely along the lines of exactly the hexes. But no, no. But the evil influence generally, generally is stronger there. Yep. And it's getting worse. Yep. <laughs> Alright, and... That is all of Gosrin. Yep. Okay. Do we want to leave it there then? We do want to leave it there. Akora says that she thinks it is related to Vorkai, that the evil is spreading. Dun, dun, dun. dun.